This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. With that out of the way, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Geeked Owl Collecting Podcast, where we collect Pokemon cards and other nerdy things like damn adults. I am your host, Jess, and thank you so much for being here. All right, Matt, one of the reasons like I met you partially because of that kind of G group chat that we got going on, but also because you've got like sick ass cards. So... (laughs) I wanted to start off first with talking about you and your collection and what you collect, because you collect a lot of a lot of stuff. So if you could let us know a little bit about you and what you collect. Yeah, I'm 35. I, I actually got into cards as we were graduating college, like my senior year, the last week, me and my buddies, we went out, I think like on a Sunday and we just got a couple of cases of beer, some KFC, I think we stopped at, and then we stopped at Target. And like somewhere navigating through the store, came across like the card section, which was much smaller back then. But we were like, oh, hey, this is cool. Let's go reminisce our childhood and uh, rip a couple of these bad boys. We went back, I think for for the rest of the guys in the group, they uh, just had the one and done with it. But like after we got through with it, I was like, this is actually like pretty dope now. Like it's a lot different than it was when I was a kid. I ended up graduating and then getting a job. So then you get a little bit of uh, income rolling in. I had a pretty bad paying job coming out of school. So it was like, whatever, still <laughs> not being conscious of finances back then. Started to get into it a little bit. It was uh, mainly football. I feel like I'm probably a football fan first. I really enjoy golf, but I feel like the cards are just like not as, you know, exciting or at least like they weren't back then. So did football for probably a good 10 years or so. It was just a small thing because cards hadn't really blown up by then. I collected for a few years and then ended up having to get my own place. So pretty much I had to sell everything off, do that the responsible hurts. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then once once I got in there, I started like building it back up. And then probably closer to maybe four years ago now was when I started to branch out a little bit. At the time, I had had sole focuses on, it was a little more obscure. Travis Kelsey is like a really good tight end in the NFL. And I kind of prospected him like when he came out, I'm really into like fantasy football. So some of the off the radar guys, I liked that they were, you know, cheaper and I could get like the nicer stuff of them because it was trying to fall on a budget. Once I felt like I hit like the pinnacle of collecting him and having all of his one of ones, like out of twos, out of fives, I got a little more into LeBron stuff. One of the first trades I made to get into basketball was for a LeBron card traded like Travis Kelsey's best card in existence. I feel like it just probably auctioned for like 25k or something to give you an idea of like how stuff has Holy really crap. evolved over time. <laughs> Bet. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think I traded for maybe like $500 or so value at the time. But that kind of got me started and then yeah, yeah, don't I don't want to I don't want to talk about that one anymore. But yeah, LeBron got pretty heavy into him. I like a lot of the shiny stuff like uh, Prism, Optic, Mosaic, those kind of things. So I was really drawn to uh, like Topps Chrome, Topps Chrome Refractors of LeBron, not rookie stuff. Those are fun. Yeah. 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 And the rookie stuff is, you know, expensive. So I like pivoting over to 
stuff that's the same idea, just a lot more of a fraction of a cost. So you can, I don't know, maybe acquire five to 10 of something rather than just one thing that a lot of other people have. So that's like a lot of my angle in terms of like my approach to collecting. As time started to pass, I, what was it? Probably around, it was summer of 2020 and Fortnite was the first like major pivot for me. So up until that point, I only really did football and then LeBron, like a little other basketball stuff. I have a hard time following basketball. It's just a lot of games. Um, the young guys, I feel like they can just like spike and drop on a week to week basis. And I like safer stuff than that. I had a lot of grading orders going out. So uh, probably like the beginning of 2020 was when I really got into bulk subbing. I just I saw a lot of these slabs going for like $100, $200 on eBay. It was like 15 bucks to slab them. And the cards were like 20, 25 bucks. So when people bitch about people subbing like a lot of base stuff or whatever, like I was definitely part of that problem to some extent. I'll like f- fully admit to that. It was a good way to generate extra money to put into the stuff that I actually wanted to buy. So it's kind of consider those slabs kind of junk slabs kind of uh, for sports. I feel like I like to look for more quality stuff than average. Mm-hmm. I've since pretty much like ceased that approach just because the bulk like went away. So now it's now they only <laughs> really offer like the, the $50 20 card allocation. So I'll try to get involved and snag those occasionally. I've been having some pretty good luck with that. I feel like it's kind of, I, I definitely treat it like a business and a hobby. And I feel without the like business side of it, I wouldn't be able to experience the hobby side of it the way that I want to. You have to, I feel like with any like business, you have to adapt as things evolve over time. And with a lot more people getting in, a lot more dollars coming into it, anything that has, you know, capitalist opportunity, it's going to get more competitive as more people enter. So I feel like that's just natural. And it it was nice when it was $20 regular subs to PSA when you would get them back in, you know, three weeks, but that's just, you know, simply not the case anymore. And I'm okay with it. Like it's, I feel like I've supported up to this point and it's the gift and the curse. Like all the people coming in is great if you're like selling stuff frequently, but you have to put up with like greater wait times and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is it still a lottery to get the uh, $50 subs with PSA? Yeah, I've been hitting... Even if you have the membership? Yeah. So, right, exactly. The membership's 99 bucks. So each allocation now, you get up to 20 cards if you want. So if you just get one of those and you have the right stuff for 50 bucks a piece, to me, it's you know more than worth it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, so, it's not hard to get the lottery, though. You have uh, to be... I've been having good luck with it. I I try to use mine. I don't know if it's like completely random, but I like that if it's not random and there is like any like preferential treatment of like just identifying people that are actually using it. Because I've seen people get it and post on forums and they're like, I'm not going to use Well, they're just like not going to use it. So one less, that's less opportunity for somebody else who like really wanted it. So I try to like make account and use all 20. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've been thinking about actually getting that membership just to, and I got to send the rest of my, my Fortnite cards, my series one. Yeah. I've been sending a lot of Fortnite in the past uh, couple weeks. I'm pretty excited for it. About, about damn time. Seriously. How long are they guesstimating the turnarounds now? I don't know what the current estimate is, but I've already sent a couple. So the, at first they started out with the five card allocations and I got 
two of those back two days ago. And then I got a 20 card back yesterday. So I feel like the turnaround is like maybe a month or so. I know they say three, Holy but shit. Like buffer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, I, That's really I, impressive. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say a couple weeks ago, I think I got around like uh, maybe 1300 or 1400th in line and I didn't get it. And then I hopped into it on Tuesday. My buddy was in there as well. I got like 1200, got it. He got 2500 and got it. So I don't know if they're expanding and allowing more people to get in, but you know, I cool. think they have that couple month pad there. So maybe that's uh, what's going on now. I just taught myself three months and anything sooner just feels like a bonus. So but they've already beaten my expectations down pretty bad. I, that's really amazing. Honestly, like I cannot complain with that. It was more than I expected less than <laughs> it was better than what I expected. Initially, I would have thought maybe six months or something. Even when I sent in my very first card, I want to say it took me like three or four months. And then when I did it with middlemen about that time, but Hey, that's great. I'm sure they've been doing, I'm sure they've been improving their process a lot over the past two years, considering how much freaking volume they've been going through. It's been crazy. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like they're doing a good job with catching up. All their social media posts is all the any comments are just people complaining about how their, you know, orders been out there. And like I said, it's like a double-edged sword. You're waiting longer because more people are interested in the stuff that you're sending them. So it's what can you do? Deal. In my opinion, at least. Yeah, I feel the same way about that. It's I don't know, you just let it be. Like <laughs> yeah. like what can you do? Just forget about it, send it, forget about it, and then when it comes, it's like Christmas. Exactly. And then when it gets to QA too, just, you know, hit your browser refresh 200 times. So you can beat that email by five minutes and check the grades out. Seriously. And and I wonder how PSA has been dealing with it. But CGC, I've been hearing them deal with a lot of uh, people not paying the bill because for, and I don't know if it's like sports cards or if it's Pokemon or I don't know what types of cards they're having the issue with, but one or more categories of cards, they're having issues with people paying 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 up. And I think because a lot of it, we're seeing a slowdown, at least with Pokemon, we've been seeing a slowdown. I don't know about sports cards, but I wonder how that's a little scary. <laughs> You're grading cards and people aren't paying you when they need to. And yeah, especially when the markets, you can send an order that's full of hit or miss guys who are, you know, up yeah. one week and then down the next. So yeah, I've, n- I've never gone through CGC, mainly PSA. I tried SGC out uh, a little bit when it was just really not accepting anything. SGC, I, I like their slabs. I feel like they look nice. S- selling them is a little more, I feel like the interest isn't quite as much there, but I've sent a handful of orders to them and I do the product. Like I've sent a couple of things like in my personal collection. I like sending like uh, any Fortnite cards that, so first off, like getting like PSA 10 gem mint Fortnite is super tough to begin with. Yeah. So yeah. SGC, I feel like they pad the scale by maybe 0.5 or like a full point or something. So to me, I think we can dive into it a little bit if you want, but like PSA nines, I feel are heavily undervalued for Fortnite just because in any other like prism football, optic football, those kinds of releases, it's more of a 50-50 split, just super roughly on average. So I think when people see the 10 premiums for that, it doesn't quite, it should translate differently to a Fortnite where you see like the higher premiums for the 10s, but it makes the 9s like a really good value. Like you could find a 9 for maybe 5 or 10 times cheaper than a 10, depending on the card. So I, I was like searching for 
good bang for the buck type of stuff. So I feel like that. Yeah. I can't disagree with you because I think absolutely there are times where you can find good deals on PSA nines because it's, I don't I'm just throwing arbitrary numbers out there. If the ten is like ten thousand, and then you can get a nine for two thousand, that gap is going to close at some point. So you're going to see more return on the nine than you will on the ten, probably depending on obviously where the ten goes. But I feel like the nine is a good spot. Um, yeah, I agree. Especially I if like at 10K, it's probably like a highly recognized card. So I think like over time, if that performs, you're probably better off getting five of the nines versus the 10 if you want to have a better percent performance. I feel like I just say that roughly and I'd probably have to like dive into it. It depends if you can stomach moving five separate cards or if you just want to, you know, be in and out with one of them. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. And to be honest, like for me, the, the thing that I struggle with is I come into a lot of things as a, a collector. And so for me, when I have the card, I have the card. But it's been really great to meet other people in the hobby because I would have never thought to buy like two, three, four, five, or 20 of this same card. Like to me, I'm like, I got it. I But there's value in doing that. And so when I think about it from that perspective, it's nice. People have been planting seeds for me in that, in that perspective. So it's been, it's been really helpful because if I was smarter, if I took it, if I had those intentions where I'm like, okay, I'm collecting things and then I'm buying some extra things so that maybe I can turn that into something in the future and then expand the, expand my hobby. What you were saying, uh-huh. the business side fuels your hobby enjoyment side. Yeah, I yes. probably would have d- done things differently. Um, yeah, I agree with that. T- to me, it's also, I, I feel like it'll probably be a never ending argument of can you do both or is it one or the other? To me, it's just what p- personal preference for your view on the matter. But yeah, like to me, if you buy something for X and sell for Y and it's a gain, that's great. And to your point, you can then put that back into an even better piece that you're leveling up into. W- one of the other aspects that I like though is you are pretty much like, making a bet, betting on your own intelligence that you've come up with to this point in time to make this decision, put your chips on the table and say, I want to buy this card because I think it's going to go up or whatever. So if you you know really think that and the higher the confidence you have, the more of that card you should buy, because if it's going to get there, then, you know, to me, it doesn't hurt to be able to chop some of that cost off. If you buy, say three to five of it, you sell the two to four, keep the, keep the better one. That's pretty much like what my, if I have a blueprint, I would say that's pretty much what it centers around. Like I tend to overbuy, like, I don't know if we talked about it in the Fortnite chat at all, but the video games, I got into those like a year ago. Super, the super, graded? Graded uh, games? Yeah. I don't okay. know if, if I'm pointing to the right. Yes. Yeah, so I got my little like, <laughs> game shelf over there. Finally starting to get some back from like eight or nine months ago when I sent them out. When I got into that, it was, okay, some of these things are you know harder to come by. So if I had the opportunity to buy them today, I'd rather buy it rather than pass thinking I'll come across another one and then regret it like four months from now when another one yep. has I'll do a little bit of, I guess what I call overbuying, where say I buy 50 sealed games, send them off to get graded. And then once grades hit and they come back and depending what the market looks like, I'll sell off maybe like 40 of them and keep like the 10 best because now I've paid for a lot of those original costs. Obviously you're tying some cash up in the interim, especially with like WADA where I think you pay the invoice beforehand, which sucks. You can't really work with it and yeah. then pay once the grades pop or whatever. But, but yeah, I would say that's over by 
sell, I say sell, flip the stuff that you don't want to keep. And then you, you feel much better about something, the less dollars you have into it. Because now there's, if it goes down a little bit, <clears throat> you don't have to sweat it as much. And then if it goes up, cool. But I'm not sweating that I had like a large stake of money in it, in it to begin with. If I'm into it for, you know, cheap. And then you yeah. can kind of just like let it sit there and let it ride, let it marinate. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like in 2020 and 2021, when I really started to have disposable <clears throat> income, I went like little nuts. And I don't want to say where I truly got nuts, where I was in a point where I put myself in a bad financial spot. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying <laughs> is when I looked at the end of the year and looked at how much I spent, I was like, come on now. You could have put that in different things. I really like what you're saying here. And this is something that I've been working on for myself for 2022, which is, all right, I'm not going to invest in the hobby anymore. Like I'm not going to put new money into my collection. It's all going to be things that I'm selling and then reinvesting back into it and then using those new funds. So since I've been buying this Fortnite stuff, like these new boxes, I need to start selling some stuff. And, and the price points that I've been entering in in a lot of these boxes are fluctuating because you just buy them when you can find them. Are you sometimes. talking about like a, like Series 3 Megas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I bought the, all mine like the first week for probably like <laughs> so, 90 to 100 a piece. Oh, yeah. I was really convinced. How many did you get? Automata, like, I think like 30 or so. Okay. Again, over by, I, I ended up hitting a Midas ice in there. So I got you did. pretty lucky with that. It was great. Do you Did you sell it? But yeah, yeah, I did. I sold it last Why week. would you sell it? What made you sell it? So I think like after opening it, so I just love ripping Megas, Series 1, Series 2, Series 3. I feel like it goes up tenfold in reverse in terms of the rush, just because you know what you're getting with those. All Fortnite, I feel like if ripped in volume, so it's obviously like more expense, but the higher the volume you do, this isn't 2018 Prism where you're Luca or Trey Young or Bust and you're dropping. I don't even know, like I'm not into basketball. Yeah. You know, say those, mm -hmm. say those boxes are like five or 10 grand a piece, you can get totally skunked. Fortnite, 25% of the checklist, I feel like is at least is like hella good. pretty solid. Exactly. If it was like a basketball class where you're getting a pack of four cards and one of them could be, or one, I don't know, that's a terrible example. I don't know where I'm going with that. But you do bring up a good point, even though ripping is gambling, like for real it is, but there's something to be said about ripping though. Yeah. Like you do want to enjoy the cards and that's what I feel like what you're saying. You want to enjoy the cards. And then also you do have a good chance to get some good cards legitimately, like compared to anything that I've ripped baseball because I rip them with my cousins. Cool. We just don't hit shit. We never do. We just don't. And it sucks. <laughs> it just <laughs> yeah, sucks. Exactly. Even with the guarantee, it's, there's so many fucking variations or so many different guys. Of course, I'll keep an eye out on the rookies. And I did open like a college one once. So, of course, who knows with those cards? But yeah, um, baseball, it's like you got to wait four years before those guys even, you know, start to get called up and whatnot. I can't even pick a modern day basketball player to go up. So no, no <laughs> chance I'm going to 
roll the dice on a, uh, you know, 17 year old baseball player. <laughs> True. Very good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, but either way, like to your point, comparing baseball to Fortnite, unless you're going for a specific card, it's going to be really hard probably, but there's, you've got a wider range of shit to hit. Like you don't have to hit the bullseye. There's a bigger radius. Yeah, exactly. Plus that's not even for, so series one, I ripped so much wax last year. It started out with the the fat packs in February. I saw somebody post on blowout. I'm on blowout. I feel like old when I tell people that Instagram is like, so everybody's got their like TikTok video posts and all that kind of stuff. But I saw somebody posted on there and they were like showing the hits and like the one post, he hit two BK base and a couple of like what solid hollows. Yeah. And this was when you could get like, 256 or so of them for a little over a grand. So I was doing the math on it and I was like, these things are super condition sensitive. The best way to get a 10 is to pull it yourself. Like not ideal. That's usually not the case for other sports. I feel like it's the same case, but your chances are much better buying like a prism Joe Burrow off of eBay and being able to 10 it rather than a super condition sensitive hollow with the chipping and whatever. Yeah. I just, I just started like ripping through that. I spent way more like on wax last year than I thought most of it was, or than I thought that I was going to, it was pretty much all Fortnite. And it's one of those moments where it's like having the experience over the you know previous like decade or so, you can see where things are going. Like you can see people starting to buy these things. So the demand is going up and the supply is going to drop over time. Prices are going to start to raise. So like I knew that eventually the opportunity was not going to be there. So I'd rather way over buy it at the time, get all of my super nice stuff out of the packs and then like when this time rolls around, I can't remember the last time that I ripped a fat pack. From there was gravities. The gravities were insane. Like I had a, a PSA order that I had sent out. It was like three different orders in one package. Like half of it was Italy. So I feel like they did me a favor there. I, I like Italy long-term. I just, once everything changed to say like the middle of last year where it was like, okay, like USA is now like what you want to pursue. I felt like it did me a favor, but like FedEx just lost this package. So I got the insurance mm-hmm. check from that. Okay. And I only mentioned that because I wanted to put it, you know, right back into Fortnite. So I went to eBay and I saw the gravity cases. So six of the gravities. And I think those probably bottomed around what, like 60 or 70 bucks, maybe four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, cases of the six boxes were $1,500 at the time. And I think I bought four of them. Keep in mind, I just like, had a big chunk of my like Fortnite investment gone. So I had to put it back into something. Yeah. I uh, wanted, wanted to take a little bit of risk, but even at, you know, $250 a box, I felt like it was phenomenal value because you're getting two hollows. You're probably getting an Epic or a legendary. And then maybe you hit on a dark bomber or a blue squire as the first hit in the box i, th- I think it's usually like mm-hmm. common epic rare legendary or you know vice versa mm-hmm. uh, the thing that you're not seeing immediately is there is that intangible gem mint possibility we saw some of those hollow 10 auctions hit like close to 700 a couple weeks ago i was shocked by it i think i bid like 325 on uh calamity like calamity feels like low-key whatever if anybody wants to go snag calamity cool but yeah I, I like i threw a 325 out there and like i've had a couple hollow tens listed like recently and didn't get like a ton of interest on it ended up going for like 675 you probably would have a hard time moving a nine right now for a hundred bucks like i'm going to it, it's a risk and you have to invest those dollars to take that risk which is a little scary but 
it's way more often than not with Fortnite going to, you know, pay off as long as you know what you're doing. Like when you pull it, you're not like when I sleeve these things, it's one, it's a one time. I just leave them off to the side until I'm ready to prep them for grading. I'll cut a little slit in the penny sleeve because I don't want to catch the corner on it. The darker backs, if you just catch it one time on that edge of the plastic, could chip a little piece off and go from a 10 to a nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not like really. finally, a lot of anxiety doing that. But For sure. Yeah. When it pays off, it's a, it's a, a nice yeah. amount of seamless 10 set. Yeah, I I definitely relate to what you've been saying, which is when you see it, you just buy it and you don't try to time the market. I'm the same way too, because I got to a point last year where I'm like, okay, Fortnite. I've liked it a lot so far. I feel really good about series one. I didn't get too into series two, though I did buy. I did buy some from series two, but I think I still preferred series one. And then I realized that I didn't have... Before with Pokemon, I brought this habit where I wanted to collect everything. And then I realized that my collection would probably be better, better, taking aside that I have all the things that I want, but collecting the top 10% or the top 5%. And I didn't, like I had the promo sets. I have a PSA 9, a Galaxy, cool. A PSA 10 would have been better, but I got the PSA 9 at least. Yeah, he, um, he's tough. Hold on one second. What, what do you mean by top 10% or 5%? Like the top like 10% like Chase? Of the set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like the yeah. most valuable cards, like just taking those down. And okay. and cool. there, were, there were a few of the cards that I had. Ghoul Trooper, love it. But I didn't have, I didn't have a nice Lux, which to me, like that might not be in everyone's top 10%, but that was just one for me that I'm like, oh, I need to have Lux. And then I didn't have any Black Knights. I pulled a base set, a base Black Knight, and I sold it for like 10 bucks years ago, which is fucking anyways so i'm like i don't have a i don't have a black knight i don't have a lux and i don't have any more sealed megas because when i was getting my megas in 2019 i ripped them all (laughs) all. yeah i ripped about 22 or 24 okay all the shards no i sold a lot of them but it was at those lower (laughs) price points i didn't hang on to them for very long i made some mistakes so that kind of sucked. <laughs> when, you, you know? when you make those mistakes, though, like it obviously like sucks in the like in the present moment. But as long as you like <clears throat> try to not make the same mistake twice, you're learning like something very valuable that's going to help you out down the road. You just don't know it at the time. But yeah, like it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a really good lesson. I agree with you. It, it is a really good lesson and it helps me. So at first, the lesson that I took from it was rip. W- don't rip. Keep everything sealed and then buy the things you want. And I still feel that way for the most part. But at the same time, though, too, I do try to mitigate that with let's enjoy the set a little bit. So let's like buy sealed and buy whatever you can and then like just a portion of it just put aside so that you can enjoy that part of it and then like you said like what you were saying potentially hit something really good so hopefully i'll hit a midas but to your point like all those three things a sealed meta series one a bk psa 9 hollow foil and then a lux hollow foil like a 9.5 sgc bought those just all at once because i was just like you know what this has got to be this is the moment I might be overpaying a little bit for it. For the BK, I might have paid. If I waited a little longer, I think maybe I could have paid a little bit less or I could have negotiated down a little bit less, but it was only a few hundred dollars ultimately compared to the $2,500 listing. And so I'm like, these few hundred dollars that might not 
turn into a deal? Are they going to matter ultimately in the long-term value? And I didn't think it was worth it. Agreed. Because so, at that point, you're risking all it takes is one to sell for 3K before you're paying double what you thought you were going to save. And to me, the other thing with overpaying, like t- taking rarity into account, how quickly can I go find this and buy it from somebody who's willing to sell it to me for market value? Obviously, like the rarer, the less people have to abide by that. Also, the so say you buy it for 2200 it's listed for 2500 if you buy it with the thought of this is going to 10k in three years from now and you have like the confidence in that you can't sweat over like the 300 bucks so i feel like you just have to be like i'm willing to risk like paying that extra because if you lose a loss feels pretty much the same way unless it's like colossal losses (laughs) which i have you know a couple or at least maybe not colossal losses, but wins sold far too early that feel like losses. Yeah. Um, I I feel like you never (laughs) want to cover the the couple hundred bucks in that situation. Yeah, Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. I was like, girl, just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Plus that's a good spread too. Like BK, Lux, you get the Mega, which I have a hard time holding wax. And what I was saying with how more likely you are to hit the stuff and like the premium that the 10 adds to it, Having the mag in front of you, I just feel like you're way more likely to break even or give yourself a nice like lotto ticket with something from that, even if it's like a mediocre two cards. BK Lux, obviously love those. To your point with Lux, I agree that I feel like she could maybe not be higher on some people's lists. I feel like you kind of have the two different crowds out there. The ones like, you know, me who have not played the game, but like I know cards and I feel like yeah. I have common sense so I could see what looks like the right buy. And then you have the people that, you know, play the game, know the storyline. A lot of guys that I talk to are like super cool with kind of just doing like deep dives on skins. So I feel like I've learned like a ton from, you know, those guys. And uh, yeah, je- jealous that they're playing it. I know if I played, I'd probably get smoked by like, you know, my, my 10 year old neighbor plays it. I know he probably whooped my ass. It's an ego thing for me. That's why I don't play it. Yeah, I, I like investing my time on stuff that I'm good at. And I know in order to get good at that, I would have to invest a lot of time in it. So it would just be not a good couple months for the for the ego there. Yeah, <laughs> same. I, I do agree with you. I feel like those are the biggest ones that I bought at that point in time. And I don't know why I'm blanking, but I do have other really good cards. Like oh. I don't have the Skull Trooper but I do have the ghoul trooper. I don't have the peely, but I've got a fucking, I feel like I did. So once I bought those, I felt like I was done with series one. Like maybe for, for me, at least I was fine with as much of the 10%, the top 10% as I could capture because getting the shards now for a lot of those cards, like you're just priced out. But well, for me, I don't know that at this point I'm willing to put in what it would cost. I think I would just rather, not to say that it wouldn't necessarily grow per se, but I I don't know. I think I might just want to put that money elsewhere because prices are just high. But something that I did want to get into, and I'm really starting to feel it like with series three, I started to feel it like a few weeks ago when it came out, (laughs) but with series three, it is just so, I almost see it. I almost see it as like the first set. And when I say like the first set, oh, series three, Fortnite, I had no idea they had cards. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. 
holy shit, they had two other sets before this? Wow. I feel series one and series two are going to go down as related to Pokemon. You have your base set that came out, right? That was the first one that we saw here in the US. And I see that as series three. And the sets that came before are these like specialty kind of niche sets. And they're always in Japanese, like the sets that came before. They're always in Japanese, but they have a special kind of nostalgia that's different than the first set. It's like a different level. I'm, I don't even know that I'm explaining myself correctly, but I just... I, I, I don't know jack shit about Pokemon. It's one of those things where I know that it would take so long for me to get up to speed with it. I just invest zero time with it. So I feel like you're doing a good job. It's at least <laughs> information to me. <laughs> but, but yeah, do, do you see like Series 3 to me is like the first set and then one and two are like the OGs. I feel like that's how it's going to go down. I don't That's just a feeling on how people are perceiving it. But I just feel like people who started in the beginning are just the OGs now. And then series three, is this is it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't know how often you've been in the, uh, the group chat lately, but me and Cass keep going back and forth with just what we think the prints are for like shards and ice. Oh, for, like, yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up with y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love my I like We're just like two old dudes on rocking chairs and going back and forth about the same thing we argue about for, like, 50 years. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head. To me, Series 3 is the first one that feels very like mainstream. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. the one where... We know with the print, with the Series 1, like, the shards are, like, super hard to come by. The hollows, some of the hollows, I sold a raven that I pulled, like, a month ago. It was the only one listed. I don't know, like, how many of those exist. Series 2, a a little more print. Like you said, Series 1 and Series 2, to me, have a very similar look. It's got, like, the close-up shot, so I like how those are easily identifiable, just at quick glance. Series three, the print, everybody was expecting the print to be higher. I feel like if you weren't, then yeah. you know, I don't know what you were thinking. But even though there's a lot more supply of it, it feels like, from what I gathered, I haven't played the game, so anybody that wants to rip on me for that, I'll rip on myself with them. It feels like a lot of the skins are like more, it seems like Panini was like, oh shit, like there actually is interest in this. Maybe we should do a little research on the game and see what skins we should put in the set. And they're getting like the cool, like the Peely variants, the fish stick variants, uh, the frozen variants. And if I'm entering just now, I still feel like I have a ton of buying power. eBay is flooded with the initial breaks. Six months from now, it it could look like series two, where I remember there was one point I pulled this fox dude. His name's Phoenix. Was looking for a comp. I I literally couldn't find one. So one like Mm -hmm. hadn't sold in like three months, none listed. And he was a rare in series two, I think. I don't know if we get to that point where they all get bought up and some of them just have no listings, but I feel like it's going to be maybe like series one hollows where it's three to four are listed at once and that's it. So I think in in the short term, it feels like there's a lot, but I think anybody that's getting in, if you have $500 to get into Fortnite, Maybe you can get a few solid Series 1 cards, like some Legendary Hollows or something like that. You can go on eBay right now and buy 20, I feel like, top 50, 75 Series 3 ice, which is yeah. like, you know, pretty pretty heavy buying power. And yeah. the design, I like that the, de- that the design is different because I want the first, <clears throat> I like that the first set that is, you know, vastly available to the public or just like more widely available to look different because totally agree i want series one and series two to look like their own you know separate category but it it just has the mainstream feel of the look as well it looks more 
I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it it looks like something that a lot more people are going to buy, if that makes sense. Like the backs, I think the yeah. backs are cool. They're going to grade better. So people are going to be more encouraged to try to buy these things raw and grade them. So yeah, overall, to me, they probably did about as good of a job as they could have just in terms of the state of the market and like where we all wanted to go. So to me, it feels like a situation where everybody wins. If you've been in, in it for a while up to this point, you win. If you're just getting into it now, especially you like still have right, a chance. right now. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you bring that up because that's one thing that I was really worried about because so at the time, like before the series three, you know, came about, I just felt like there were more people that could get into the cards and not just from a selfish perspective. Everyone wants more people to get into the cards because there's more demand and it, raises prices like obviously there's those mechanics that go into it but like specifically from a collecting perspective i just felt like there could be more people that would get into the cards because the cards are cool and i can especially see sports people coming into it It, it's a really easy thing It, it just makes sense to me it just seems like it'd be a really easy thing to get into because it echoes a lot of sports cards and there are a lot of sports fans that also play Fortnite. so it just made sense to me that there's just people that haven't found it yet and that will find it and the thing that i was worried about is i wouldn't i didn't want those new collectors those potential collectors to look at Fortnite, <coughs> want it and then be fucking pissed because they don't have access to it and that's what i was really worried about so i'm like man panini please and i said it on my podcast please make it accessible to people like i want a bigger print run i wanted a bigger print run so that it would be yes, easier for people to get this so that more people could see it it was a bigger print run, and yet I still have not been able to buy nearly anything at MSRP. No mega boxes at MSRP. That fucking pisses me off. She could have paid three or four times. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was really interesting. So around in my area, there is a sports card show every month. First Sunday every month. So I'll make a trip over with some people. We'll go. We'll look at sports cards. It's mostly baseball, like old school baseball, uh, some basketball stuff. And anyways, there were some young guys that had a table. And uh, they were selling some megas and they were selling them for 50 bucks a a pop. They were selling for 55. I got them down to 50. So it was like, whatever. Um, And uh, I was in the middle of transacting with the guy. And then some young kids came up behind us. was like, hey, do you have any more? And he's no, those are the only ones that I got. There were only two. And I already had like about maybe 10 or so at that point. So I was just like, I saw it. I grabbed it. You just opportunity, you see it. And and I just thought that was really interesting because there are like some young guys coming into Fortnite that I'm starting to see like in their teens, some kind of like it some are like curious about it because they they don't know all that much and i'm like let me tell you i can give you the whole history (laughs) of fortnite cards but yeah it's it's a lengthy pitch (laughs) yeah but like now i'm starting to see people keep an eye out for it because i remember series one when that shit came to target i this is me i've been collecting cards since i was a kid and i just loved buying them and every time i would go to target i'd always go to the card section always just to see what was up and then i saw these weird boxes of fortnite cards i was like what is this shit and i was like i won't buy it but after two three four visits of seeing these cards seeing these boxes and no one buying it i'm like you know what fuck it i'm gonna buy it I don't feel bad about it. I'm going to get it and I'm going to open them. The first thing I thought was like, these mega boxes are too big for how much you get. Like these boxes need to be smaller. Yeah, it's kind of like a bag of chips. 
It really was. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> but it it was just so it was just so interesting to me because it was so on no one's radar, like randomly came up. And now I'm starting to hear like rumblings, like when you can feel it. There's rumblings. People are talking about it. People are looking at it. I feel really good about Series 3. I think it can really go down as a very important set. I feel like Series 2 is is like the middle child that gets no attention. Not because it doesn't deserve it, but it's because it's the middle child. But that this might be a good time to get Series 2 and Series 1. Yes. So... so- I try to like just to test to see like how correct I can be like pr- like trying to predict stuff. When they like notified about like series three re- being released, I felt like series two was always like overshadowed by series one, which to me was a shame because like that example that I like mentioned earlier, like the Phoenix <clears throat> not being available for three months. I've seen a couple since, but I love like Rare. That's one of the things that really got me further roped into Fortnite once I learned like the USA shards for series one. The fact that the series two megas have not really moved in the past year or so and for how much perceived print there are. So we know like the the difference of the collation with the you get the uncommon and the legendary and because there's 60 uncommon, 30 legendary, they had to print twice as many legendaries. So on average, yeah. probably going to be like a double of those compared to like uncommon, rare, and epic. But 60 rare and or 50 rare, 60 rare, 50 epic, you'd have to rip through like 100 megas to hit some of these cards. And there's probably only a couple hundred of some of them, if that eight ball or like the ones that are, you know, harder to come across, maybe like 150. I feel like series one has just passed the torch to series three to continue to overshadow series two. I thought Series 2 Ice were like a pretty good buy for the past maybe eight or nine months. And I still think if you think it's going to be like a pretty pivotal skin going forward, probably like a great time to buy those. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Series 2 Megas, they because what you were saying, the price being so stagnant. I just like when shit like that starts to happen, <clears throat> I start to feel like I don't want to say that I get nervous, but I'm like, man, this is at the right price. It just doesn't feel right. It's going to go up. And I've just been looking for, to your point about those Phoenix cards. Yeah, there's there's some, there's definitely some on the market, but I think this wouldn't be a bad time to buy up a little bit of this. That, that's a damn cool card. Actually, you know what? This is, I'm not going to lie. This is the first time I've seen it. Looks like the 2021 version of Star Fox. That's exactly what I was thinking. Star Fox. Like, this is Star Fox if he had a card. This is it. But yeah, I, I, I definitely agree to agree with you on that. No, no, you're fine. The other thing that I like about Series 2 is that <clears throat> now that Series 3 is out there and the price point is even lower, it's not like the comparison from like, or like the step from, you know, Series 1 to Series 2. Like where if you get into Series 2 and you're like, oh, cool, I want to go get some Series 1. It's like a leap to get to some of those Series yeah. 1 cards. Series two, I feel like the variance percentage wise from like series two, much lower. To me, I can see series two getting a little more love as people start to go back and they look at, oh, series one and series two exist. Series two is far more affordable. There's, I can't even find the series one shard that I'm looking for, but I can find the series two ice. Hate that they use the different names for those, but you yeah. know, that's where I feel like we could start to see a little more, you know, love given back to series two. I'm probably going to buy maybe, I don't know, four or five megas here at some point and try my luck. The only thing I don't like about Series 2 that I think Series 3 got a pass on 
is when they cut series two and three, like series one is far cleaner, at least like in terms of the shards, the cuts leave like this serrated edge where it's pretty much like a roulette wheel in terms of what the condition is going to be when, when, you know, you open it. So I think like you really have to be after the ice being totally cool, assuming that you're going to get two nines, you know, rather than going for like the, the home run with the 10. That makes sense. How do you feel about the promo sets that come with these series? When I first got in, I thought I was like, there, there's only got to be like 200 of these things, like series one. Yeah. And then that's when I met Wade, one of the admins in the uh, Facebook group. And he had told me about how they did like some research slash map, I don't know, something. And they pretty much came up with there's maybe 750 to 1,000 of these things. So I actually had bought one at one point. I probably like bought at peak and probably lost a couple grand on it. But I decided I just want to stick with the main series one issuance. I do. There's still, and I'm, I guess I'm only referencing series one for this, but like, there's still USA shards. So yeah. to me for series one, I think it's a great value in terms of being able to find being more likely to find those and you can complete like a mini set of it if you want the series two i didn't get into series two i didn't like the fact that they put the 10th one in there dante just to make you feel like that was annoying yeah like that was so frustrating i can't patronize anything that feels like shady regardless of what it is plus as they like ramp production up a little bit like i think that stuff is like cool and i think like a lot of the skins are dope but knowing like what I'm trying to go after with like series one with the set completion and whatnot, it gives me anxiety enough with 200 cards to chase after. I'm I'm a little bit dabbled into series two. I still have a lot of ice that I list on occasion trying to do that slowly because I think I may regret selling some of those. And then series three, I just ripped all those megas. So I still have a handful of those left over that I'll probably sub a few different ones of. I think what will probably happen with me for series three is I'm going to open up what I got. I'm going to open up, not everything, but I'm going to open up what I open up. But this time I am not going to put anything on the market. I'm not going to sell anything because that was my biggest regret. I didn't wait. I just needed to wait. Yeah, And then the the skins that I wasn't too crazy about, set those aside, let those be, give them, send them to a good home. That's what I need to do. But I immediately tried to do the flip and that did not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> it did not work. I got regrets, but we, we talked about the lesson. So now is probably literally the worst time to sell any singles. And it's probably the best time to speculate. Yeah. So and Sorry, <laughs> I, oh, was no, I was muted, but yeah, that, that is so damn true. And I've been trying to figure out too what to do with my series one promo set because I've had it for a while. I've got nines and tens on it and it's a great set. I got the Dante. So at some point I will win a lottery to get a PSA of the Dante. I don't know how that will grade. I haven't really looked at it in a while. So series two uh, it could be a little dicey. Okay. So see, I'm not, see, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I feel like... I could probably sell pieces of my promo, my series one promo set and do well. Honestly, anything over a hundred, like considering how low I got them for, I got them right away. Like on the website when they were selling the hobby bundle. Oh, so you got them for like, I got it for that price or whatever. Yeah. I got it for that price. I paid the grading on them. So my 
cost is so low. It's stupid low. I win on anything. So it's a matter of, okay, when do I actually want to get rid of it when I don't feel guilty? Yeah. And so I've been debating over the past year or two, like what to do. And I think I've just settled on not doing anything. If I'm not sure what to do, I'm just going to sit on it. That's how that's, I roll. That's always the best move. Yeah. yeah. To me, the worst case scenario is regret. Like I'd rather bet on my thoughts and lose, but know that I like actually put the chips on the table because that's the direction I thought it was going to go. But yeah, if you sell early because you're panicking into moving into something else or whatever, it's just a very <laughs> debilitating feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking uh, right now, it's been a while since I looked at the market. The one thing that I do like, I, I will say this is like a little tangent. I love watching people that watch the market talk about the things because I don't watch the market nearly as much as you do, as Cosmo does, as Modern does, as Rip does. Like y'all are in the market and y'all pay attention. And I appreciate that because I learn from you guys. <laughs> but so right now I'm looking at on eBay and I'm looking at these promo cards for series one. And yeah. this is just the nine, not including the Dante. And these are PSA 10 sets. There's two sets on the market right now, full PSA 10. One okay. going for 70K and the other going for 23K. Oh, no, 233K. Let me read properly. 233,000? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, there are definitely some watchers on these, which yeah. is cool. But well, is, is yours all 10s? No, it's not all 10s. It's not okay. all 10s. But I've got some 10s and some of the rare cards of that set that are hard to get 10s, like the Rogue Agent. That one, I think, is pretty yeah, low. Yeah, that, that was tough. Yeah. Who's the, yeah. It's like the Mystery Girl. She looks like she'd be on Scooby-Doo. I can't remember her name. I, um, I, can't remember. I felt good about that one. Yeah. Oh, um, man, I can't think of it. Are you, talking about, are you talking about Gumshoe? Gumshoe, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, she's very cool. She looks like a detective, no doubt. I would probably go individual piece out there because I guarantee you those 10 sets, like putting the, putting together a set, I would only recommend doing it for the thrill of the chase because it's always Ooh, harder to find the buyer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like they probably get hit up where they're like, oh, hey, I just need Rogue Agent to complete my set. Will you split it out and do that? And they're not going to do that because they feel like they need the completion they're all tens. The other guy, I feel like, is not going to pay 25, 30K, whatever the going rate on that would be just to get that one, unless he's got a lot of money and a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> just wants to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah, for I, sure. I will also say, like, to what you mentioned, like, a little while ago, I don't like, like, I, I follow the market, but I don't follow it closely. I, I don't invest in stocks other than like a 401k, like just throwing money in like the index fund. I just have a hard time like trusting things that are more controlled by greater powers that I'll never be a part of. Cause I feel with the stock, you can pick the right company, pick the right time to buy it. And some macro factor comes into play and the market tanks that day. And even though you were a hundred percent right on your play, you still lost. That's one of the reasons that I like cards and the rarer cards. But in in addition to that, I feel if you follow it closely, if you buy a stock, I think I'm trying to relate it both ways here. And with Fortnite, especially because the sales are all over the place, I don't want to see a, what was it? The, the Spider Knight Shard 10 sold for 12, 20, like 1225 last week. I want to say USA Shard 10. 
I I have one of those. I wasn't even following it because I have one. I probably would have bid like 1500 for that just because I think that's like incredibly cheap, but I don't follow because I don't want to, I believe in it long-term, but to me, if it ends up working out long-term, which I believe it will, then I shouldn't have to worry about it right now. So I don't want to see those small sales here and there and be discouraged by it and have it like seep into my mind in the short term. And then I'm like, well, shit, like maybe it's going to start to you know tank a little bit. Maybe I should sell some stuff. So I try to stay like far away from at least like the day-to-day sales and all that. If it's like a, a BK sale, a Peely sale, I'll follow those. And I think those are good indicators. They're very infrequent indicators. So it's hard to have those register on a, you know, dependable frequency, but yeah, like the, the series three stuff, the megas, I'm not going to be following that. They went down. I was wrong. I was wrong on that. Like I, I thought they would level out around like 60 or 70 and bounce back pretty quick. All, all the stuff, like I really believe in it long-term, like my main ho- holdings, we'll call it, are like LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Joe Burrow. And then I thought I like to feel like I know what I'm doing. I feel like those other, you know, three are not like this one, but with anything, and in in the present time that we live in now, I feel like a lot of people expect overnight results with NFTs, crypto, that kind of stuff. So it's, oh my God, I bought this card two weeks ago. Why hasn't it tripled? And it's, you're, you, sh- you should want it to be more of an organic, natural growth anyway. Absolutely. Because maybe some people want to like cash out next week and they don't care what happens to it after that. But yeah, yeah organic growth feels more like lasting. Yeah. It feels more like lasting and real to me. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. 10 years from now, I feel like no question it's going to be around and it's going to have, you know, very high interest. Mm-hmm. If, if not only from guys like me and girls like you, because we, like, we haven't even played the game. You know what I mean? Like we're heavily interested in it. Seriously. seriously. Is a very strong, you know, indicator of success. I'm curious to get your thoughts on what do you think it takes for Fortnite to really break out? I guess maybe a, what do you think it takes and what, does that look like like when we see it what will that look like Uh, hardest question of the night yeah that's oh man i I wasn't ready for that one i feel like when more i i guess i'll say more like people like me who are into like a lot of the mainstream stuff when those guys can look at this and feel like it's at least safe enough to put like a, a, a little bit of money into in, in the short term and see how it plays out. And I feel like if you get like a lot of these people starting to do that, man, now that I'm saying it, I want to compare it to like the, like the F1 market never would have bet any amount of money on that taking off. I am like not Formula gonna, one cars. Yeah. I'm not going to put $1 into that. All of a sudden, like we have all these racing fans. I never met any of them growing up. But that's all of a sudden like a very dominant market. And it was about out of nowhere, at least for me. I know some of those cards have been around for a while. There was probably like the, you know, OG slash Pardos that were into it for, you know, a while before it even took off. Even like wrestling. I feel like we see wrestling starting to take off. I think I read something that was asking, was there anything more impactful like on pop culture in the last five years than Fortnite, And I feel like it's like kind of hard to think about something. The G- Gary V, I follow Gary. I feel like he's got a lot of cool posts. I don't get, I don't get into a lot of the NFT stuff or whatever, but one post that he had <clears throat> regarding just the Fortnite, just the brand in general was, do you think it's like overrated or underrated? And I think he said underrated. And one of the metrics that he brought up was 
if something is in high demand in pop culture for 18 months, then that's it. It met like the milestone that it needs to have met to have like super long-term sustainability. Like Garbage Pail Kids from like the mid 80s was around for two years, I think. No social media, so no way to have a mass spread of like popularity for something like that. So if that's one of the bars, like to me, it's not even like a challenge for Fortnite to meet the continued demand and interest for the next 20 years. Call of Duty, another, you know, shooter game. People say Fortnite's dying. I feel like it's people who are like recently graduating college and like actually like going out and like living their lives on the weekend that are saying it's dying because we have, to your point, like that next generation of like teenagers who are still playing the game. And I played a ton of Call of Duty growing up. So starting like maybe 20 years ago, and it's still a very popular annual release now. A ton of people play it. And with Fortnite, there's much more personalization with the skins. And then to bring this more full circle here, one of the, one of the points that I saw Rob, our three rips mentioned, this had to have been like maybe seven or eight months ago, but he compared it to the way when you collect sports cards, it's because you follow like a certain football player and you want to have like their card. So like when you're playing the game, it's not like you're playing with like default soldier guy in Call of Duty. You're playing with Brett Bright Bomber or yeah. I should say a totally obscure skin that I know nobody plays with. So people know that I don't play the game. Insert obscure skin here. Yeah, whatever. Somebody <laughs> called me like butt skins the other day. Don't didn't even know what that means. I had to look it up. So I feel like I'm getting old. But mm -hmm. there's just like too many there's too many measuring sticks that I feel like the criteria is met for to have like long-term sustainability. To me, it feels like a matter of time. I feel like it's super collectible. It's a pretty lengthy checklist. So like the chase, if you want to chase a certain set, you're going to, you're going to get your fix there. Series one, especially the layout is so simple. It's the shard, the hollow and the base. And I really like that. Yeah. You're not chasing like 27 different parallels. If it's like a football or something, I'm going after something that's 25 or less. And I know that there's thousands of others that are still numbered, but it's just like a higher print than that. So yeah, th yeah, those are probably a lot of the primary reasons that just make me feel like there's a lot of indicators for long-term success. And I feel like it's just a matter of the entrance. Like the Facebook group, it was at 2,200 members for a while there, up to 2,400 now. So we got a nice that's awesome. series three. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, there could legit only be like 500 to 1,000 people buying it right now still. Which yeah. is why we see Sp Spider Night 10s maybe like slipping under the radar or mm -hmm. zero cracked ice slipping under the radar. Yeah, I think like over time, there's going to be, you know, more people that want to, you know, speculate that'll get in, people that play the game that want to get in, just all different breeds. A question that I've gotten before from people who aren't Fortnite, usually they're Pokemon, but just in general, people who don't collect Fortnite, one of the things that they ask me, and I've not been able to answer this question properly because I just, it's like a gut feeling. And, and the question is, what makes you think, okay, just because the brand is popular, what makes you think... The Fortnite cards will be popular. What makes you think kids will, kids, people, collectors, whomever, will actually get the cards? Because, you know, there's no guarantee in my head. I'm like, ah, oh, it's so popular. It's so big. Like my bias comes out. And so I can never properly answer that question because it's just like a gut feeling. I don't know. It's like, why wouldn't it 
is really the question to me. But I'm curious to you, if someone asked you, what makes you think people will collect the cards, even though the brand is big? What makes you think they'll they'll collect cards? What makes you think they'll care? Going back to just like me as an example, just getting into it for pure speculation. And then a month into it, maybe I'll say two months into it, because I think my first buys were all from overseas. So it took me like a month to finally be able to experience it. I just, I thought it was really easy to get hooked on just like the the art, the different levels of the skins. And like I said, ha- haven't played the game. Now I know like all the tiers. I know BK is the, the chase card for series one. So I feel like probably a combination of things. I do think that it's a good question to be asked because like all, all these kids, all of the like dads that I run into that I sell stuff to on eBay, because a lot of times it's not the guy that's 20 playing the game. It's a dad who's seven and eight year olds playing. He's these are going to be no brainers down the road. I'm just, I'm buying them for them now. All these kids are being raised in a generation where it's like intangible stuff is what people are putting their money into. So I, I could see a scenario where people want to buy like, the nft version of it or like the digital card of it e- even if that were to happen i think we've already proved that there's enough demand to have a strong market for it but yeah like i i think just the collectability of it and it being such a like popular thing and a pop culture phenomenon i think if it checks all of the it, it checks all of those boxes, and I feel like that could maybe be more so what gets people to enter. But I think like once they are like buying it and selling it and experiencing it more, that will be what gets them to stay. If that makes sense, yeah, that's that's a good question. I I feel like I probably need like more time to actually think about that and put the true words on paper to come up with the perfect answer for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I have like pretty good intuition with it. It's a lot of maybe a lot of a gut feeling too. But it's just it's really hard to explain it. But I feel like if somebody gets like that like first hollow in their hand or like that first like crystal shard, it kind of just hits you a little different, mm-hmm. and then it's just like a different feeling from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And going back to it, it's a gut feeling. Like sometimes I try to be careful because I know there's new people like listeners to to my podcast didn't collect Fortnite before and then some of them are starting to collect it and and I love it I think it's great and and the one thing that I try not to do is like mislead people because I feel like oh if I push something so much I I benefit from them coming into it yeah so that's why I I feel yeah so, so I feel like me saying that it's a gut feeling that it's a little irresponsible on some end but that's why i love the series three so much because it's okay this is their entry point they don't have to spend thousands of dollars to see how they feel about these cards they could spend a hundred bucks on a few boxes or a few you know cards here and there and they can experience it for themselves and they can see what's up and i think too like maybe something that might explain a little bit why we think that cards are that that people are going to like the cards just because we're in a card collecting culture like sports has been around for years yeah i do feel like collecting cards like just became cool like with this latest surge five six years ago it would be like i'd feel a little like a little hesitant to like Mm -hmm. disclose to people that that i'm like into that or whatever but now it's a lot more people do it like people you know that i know from like high school like i've seen them like post like in the group or something and i'm like that's weird but it's you're starting to see a lot more 
of the dots connect. I do, I do also think like, I feel like I have a little more time to think about it while you were like giving your take on it. I think like it just being like a shooter game. I feel like a lot of people that play video games, which is large number of people can relate to that. And I think, I think I saw that they're now like taking away like building in the game. Yeah, I heard about that. I like have a lot more fun watching people play. Like I think Black Ash, okay, I talk to him sometimes. And I think I seen him post a couple of clips and I'm like, dude, that's the thing where I know that I would just get absolutely smoked. So it probably sucks for people that have played the game up to this point. And I could maybe even see some people like I'm trying to like put myself in like their shoes. I could maybe see them getting disinterested if like new people like me come in and like now we don't have to build and we could just shoot away. And I could see them getting frustrated <laughs> and being like, I don't want to play this anymore. But say that group leaves and like a whole nother group comes in or just the people that exit, there's more entrance than people exiting. Now you have even more people that are exposed to it. And it's it, it, it just feels like a gets. And I, I don't know if I'll find the right words for this, but just knowing everybody that collects the cards, it's like building its own narrative, like on just the card side of it. You have some of the series one legendary cards where I'll look at Raven and I'm like, that's a dope ass card. It's just like, for sure. As fuck. And, yeah. but, he, but he's like not big in the game. Like people will say that to me. I look at that and I, I don't care. It's a high number legendary. It's a super tough grade. It's super badass. Like it just cards to me. The, the main thing that is uh, that it always goes back to is, is that it's like a form of art. And this is like much more artistic to me than an in-game shot of a sports figure, something like that. So it just takes on like a new, like a new persona to me like i i look at it i look at the cards a lot differently than i would if i were to like dive into the game like i get the game i get i get people to play the game and know the storyline but to me there's just going to be like a large number of people that don't have a ton of game exposure but like they know the cards they know the set they know the legendaries and the epics and that kind of stuff i think that'll build its own little following over time yeah i kind of hopefully that makes sense yeah, I definitely understand that. And I think it'll be really interesting to see once Epic Games starts to release media surrounding it. So media independent of the game itself related to the game. I think that'll be really interesting. And I'm really curious to see too. I don't know if you collect, I don't think you collect Magic the Gathering, but if you do, let me know. They have this all those in uh, seventh grade. Did you hear about Fortnite is making a crossover? Another one Magic. would be my response because they do a lot of those. So Magic does a lot of crossovers with a lot of different brands. And okay. they haven't done it yet with Fortnite, but it's in the process. So they have like their secret layer set. I, I want to say that'll be really interesting to me to see how people take that because now Fortnite would be entering in a really different world. And there's also the possibility, I was talking to Rob about this, R3 Rips, it also makes sense to him that there would be a crossover of Magic the Gathering characters into Fortnite. So, you know, that that back and forth crossover makes sense to me, but it'll yeah. be really interesting to see once it sees more media and once you start to see more of like card specific media, because magic is cards. That's what it is. So right. 
I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I've known some people told me there's all these gamers and then there's pros that are opening these cars and there hasn't really been any traction. Don't you think this is how it's going to be? And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I saw I, I saw a video of two of them like breaking down like skin tears and the one dude said something about, oh, like Black Knight sales. Like this one like goes for like 20,000 or something. He's like, ah, it's okay. I'm like, right, well, like whatever. There's 7 billion people in the world. Like we don't I don't think we need people like that. Like they probably know Fortnite the game much more than they do like the card market. I would trust card market people more than those guys. Yeah, I think yeah. I I would it, really it, say it would be cool to get like, X million people <laughs> exposed yeah, to it all at once. Yeah. Like, that would be nice. And I think you just gotta give things time. I really do think like you just gotta give things time. We'll we'll see. But I guess to people that I've talked to before, like this is where I'm placing my bet. It might not make any kind of logical sense to some people and that's fine. And that's okay because I, I feel like regardless of whether or not I win or I hit big or whatever, regardless of what happens, I still really enjoyed Fortnite. I will keep okay. these cards. It, it was really great for me. I don't play the game, but I don't know. Just It just gives me a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. Even if, and I, I'm an all scenarios kind of thinker, like I want to know what the worst case scenario is so I can have a somewhat conservative approach to yes. stuff. S say it like totally tanks. Like I'm not going to be moving a ton of my stuff just because I'm like panicking because the market's crashing. I still feel like 15, 20 years from now, I could still see the Facebook group going and people still like making trades. Yes. Like the people that are in yes. there, right? Like, uh -huh, it's, for it's sure. To put that thought into words, but I'll buy every BKUSA chart I can if they come down to a thousand bucks just uh -huh. because of what like the card meant to me now. Yeah, yeah for um, sure. But yeah. What was the, there, there was one more thought I had just to finish off the, when you were talking about the, like the crossovers and stuff that they do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing that I thought that they could have maybe done for like Series 3 to kickstart like the sports card people jumping in, I think they put like Justin Jefferson in the game. He's he's a wide receiver in the NFL. He's cool. And something like that, I feel like to make like a chase card of an NFL player or something. I don't know what, what cool. the licensing would do, but like I feel like something like that would kickstart a little bit of the interest too because then it's I have this, but now I'm seeing like these other ones in here. I'm now used to this card. I don't know. Just maybe it would take like more than, you know, one athlete or something. But pre Travis Scott concert debacle, pre that whole thing that happened, I think if Travis Scott made it to Fortnite cards, oh, people would go nuts. There would be a nuts moment. I've had a lot of people mention that before as well. Yeah, that just, I don't know. He, he just can, he can drum up so much attention and, and whatnot. I just think people will go nuts for that for yeah. sure. I yeah yeah so i'm gonna so i'm thinking a really good place to bring everything in for tonight one last question if you had a hundred dollars to put into fortnite what would you buy and why okay so is this like a buy and hold it can be a buy and hold if that's what you want it to be Just okay so no. like on, on one end, I would say you could like buy a couple hollows of your favorite skin and try to start subbing those and then hit that 10, sell sell the nine, recycle that money and then put it back in there. And then before you know it, you have whatever. I don't know. Okay. Uh, see, so so this, scenario this is where, one. Scenario this is where one. I feel conflicted because <laughs> like some of the stuff that I think of, I have some of it listed. And I don't ever want to feel like I'm like influencing people to like go do that. I would say 
So like the PSA 9 thing that we brought up earlier, I think USA hollows have really picked up, especially with the gravity interest. I feel like it's trickled down into sales. If it's like long, long-term, love Series 1 US hollows, even Series 1 Italy shards, it's something that I think is like totally off everybody's radar. But I think as people start to reset and come back and you have these people who are maybe going to enter with less dollars in Series 3, and then they're going to start trying to see how far they can go back. And then when they get to series one, they're like, the only way that I can buy some of these skins is through like the Italy print or the Brazil print. That's a good point. But they're going to look at it and be like, wow, this is 10 to 20 times cheaper than like the USA version. And there's still only two or three listed. To me, I think just the way that society is today, I think people see that USA is like the cool version of it. So then they're just more likely to nag the Italy and Brazil side of it, which I don't agree with. I feel That's like- been me. that that's been me i I feel like that's like how people are like just like raised in like today's whatever i'm probably guilty of it to an extent too yeah Um, i have very little italian shard i will say very underrated yeah hey that's cool so yeah maybe series one usa hollows if it were me i would wait for the clean one to possibly give me the 10 shot because i want to start to build that you know equity and get that free money baked into it series two i feel like ebay is your friend just go and see how many there are of like certain skins that you're interested in and the ones where there's fewer, that's the way that you're going to be able to control the price that you get for it more down the road. Because, you know, what, like one of the philosophies that I try to like keep in mind when I buy stuff is go find another one respectfully. Like you want the stuff that people can't just go find every day because one, it's cool. It, it, it's cool that people can't just go see that and purchase the same thing you have. So I would say like, that's a good point. The, the rarer, the better. And yeah, those are probably two that I like. Three series, three megas, roll the dice, hit that Midas, then you're really on your Megas own. or blasters for series three? I feel like just the story that megas have, it's got to be megas all day. I do like the blasters. I got six of them off the Target app. I feel like I don't download like apps that much. but Sheesh, you got it. it off the Target app? Damn, you're fast. Yeah, I know. I, fig- I figured it had to be like, but like s- some of them, so I, I hit like fr- fr- frozen fish stick. Which oh, was, nice. So, nice. Yeah, for sure. It's a cool look. I feel like I like underestimated. Is that a print first. line? Is it that print line that people, oh, God, it's so noticeable. Okay. Yeah, it's on every other one or so. What was the other, this, I don't know if I have him out. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, this guff dude. He's like a big chicken. Yeah. I know. Immediately, I feel like he is the the man. I've seen a bunch of posts about him, so I feel like I can't, like, bring him up and act like I was, like, into him before that. But I was feeling (laughs) him, like, two hours before those posts started. His stuff has, like... A little thing like going down the right side as well. Just leany. Sad about that. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. I feel like it, you know, if, if anything, it forces you to appreciate the card more. I, I really appreciate you being here uh, today, taking out a lot me. of your time. Yeah, for sure. This has been great. And I think we could definitely do something again in the future. I think it would be fun because we haven't even talked about your biggest like trades slash deals. Yeah. I was going to say it went, it went by a lot faster than I thought. And I feel like we could double it up. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah if, you, if you need a, a fill in or something, if you, can't, if you can't get any of the uh, good accounts or whatever, then, you know, just. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We could definitely do it. And this stuff is easy to talk about. Like it, it seriously is everyone like when they come on, they're like, oh, I'm not so sure. But once you get talking, like it's so simple. So literally yeah. me today, you know, <laughs> seriously. So anyways, if you could let everyone know where they can find you and I'll put links in the bio, but go ahead and let us know. Yeah. Instagram, Shardknock Life with a Y. 
and I feel like I'm on there on the weekends more. It's too, it's too addicting to get you know caught up in the combos. I feel like you blink and two or three hours go by. <laughs> seriously, like, seriously. All good stuff. Well, yeah. Well, anyways, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you. Everybody.